The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I am your host, Victoria Seals. I lead the Coloplast Clinical Education Team for North America. My background is in nursing, training, and education. Today's podcast guest is Todd Kemery. Todd is a veteran who currently serves as president at Paralyzed Veterans of America, the Minnesota chapter. Todd served in the Marines in the late 70s through the early 80s. Todd has a spinal cord injury that changed the trajectory of his life as a veteran, and he will share his experiences and insight with us. Our topic today is being an advocate for yourself in the VA. Todd, thank you so much for joining me today. So Todd, tell me a little bit about how you can be an advocate for yourself in the VA. You know, I'll say this about the VA and the healthcare system that the VA has in place. And we talk about this all the time when we're talking about how valuable the VA healthcare system is and when they want to privatize the VA. The fact is, the caregivers that I have, and I've been here in Minnesota since 1991, are the same people then as they are now. Wow. They know me. Mm-hmm. So there's very little that I have to advocate for because I have the same team of people looking over me. Now, there are times where I may have to emphasize, you know, why uh, this would be better for me. But but if it's not a BS, then, then they're on board with it. Yeah. I was talking about... An, two-day olive tip catheter that nobody had ever heard about, but I had got a free sample at an Abilities Expo, and it changed the time of putting the catheter in to be able to get the results that I needed. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I brought that back to my uh, SCI team, and I was straightforward with what the benefits were on why I would like them to provide for this, they did. Because they knew I wasn't trying to game the system. Mm -hmm. Uh, They understood the concept of why I needed that. Regular catheters were just like a a blunt object trying to be fit into a very tight space. And it spent a lot of time with, you know, when you get red in that, when you take the catheter out, that's a little concerning. But I I don't have that when I have the olive tip. That's just one example of how the VA now they don't, they, you know, there are things like uh, prosthetics equipment that I have to go through an evaluation and that sort of thing, but for things like peristine and my catheters and, and uh, prescriptions, mm-hmm. I don't have to spend a whole lot of time trying to convince somebody what I need. No, and it sounds like, you know, from what I know about the VA and for uh, know about what your role is, you guys are your own advocates. Yes. And you've created systems that actually enforce that that concept, right? Our service officers are trained to be able to handle it. Well, that's that's their job. All that HIPAA stuff, 
if there's an issue going on, then our service officer will have a conversation with the chief of SCI, mm -hmm. and uh, and then there's a you know the chief has her uh, team around her, uh, and we there's a good re working relationship. On it. Yeah, what what services specifically do you use at the VA? Oh, geez, everything. What does everything mean? Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's a little broad. I know, and, and, and looking at from, you know, my position, looking out. So, uh, my annuals, every year I have an annual. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, they knock on my door. You know, Todd, it's time for your annual. Yeah. When it comes to uh, equipment, if I have a flat tire, I need a, a tube or a tire itself that's getting bald. So Prost you do everything. Right. Prosthetics is there to... You know, I, I go to Pat and I say, hey, Pat, you know, I've got, I need a couple of tubes. See, I, I, I've I learned through my uh, quad rugby and, and wheelchair uh, softball, uh, I, I do my own equipment. Okay. So I, all I have to tell Pat is, you know, I need a couple of tubes for, you know, 559. He gives me, you know, the tubes and I'm, I take care of what I need to. That's cool. Now, if I need a bearing change or anything like that, then I'll bring it in and you know, uh, within a couple of hours, I'm in a loner chair until Pat gets it done, and then you know I'm back in my chair again. That's probably unheard of for. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry, I'm chuckling, but uh, it, it is—it's like a sad chuckle. You know, people—they have to go through hell just to get a, a tube to replace a flat tire. Why do you think your experience is different? I think it's the team of people that I deal with. Do you feel like you created the team? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure my patience is, is part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the first things you learn when you're in a wheelchair is you patience. Mm -hmm. Because you're not in control, so you have, to, you have to allow for the other person to be up to speed. Prosthetics or equipment, you know, you can't just say, I need this right now. Mm -hmm. You can't have that attitude because you're not going to get anywhere with that. You have to rely on people that are willing to help. What it sounds like, if there were obstacles or challenges, it sounds like what you've done already is kind of created a team of people within the VA that you know that you can work with. Right. And you've developed relationships over time where they know that, you know, when you need something, you really do need it. Hopefully it's not urgent in nature so that patients is able to... Well, even if it was, I know that uh, uh, I went through two cushions once upon a time. And two? Like, one was I ran over the one by mistake. You ran it over? I left it on the, on the, <laughs> on the roof. I was I, wondering, I'm like, how did you run over a cushion? And, and it fell off. And, okay, and fair it, enough. And it, it was a J cushion, so all that J came out of it. What is? What do you mean a J cushion? But once upon a time, he either had a rojo, which is air, okay, or he had a J that was kind of like a gel. And uh, so it was jelly all over the road. Oh, it was yeah, in the parking lot. Got it. So then, then I, you know, not more than four weeks later, it shows you how much of a marine I am. I did the same thing twice. Oh dear. Not not, not on a the third top, but but not a third time. No, no, but but that's something that you need. You do need a cushion to sit on. It's dangerous if you don't. This is true. So is my true. prosthetics guy, he was, after admonishing me quite a bit, he was able to, you know, I was able to 
that take care. I had a loaner for less than a week, and I got one. That's cool. It sounds like you you found a very successful path within right. the VA. I think it's pretty fair to say. What are some of the the most important things you think that veterans should know when they're working with the VA or visiting the VA? Like almost like your best practices. You have to be your own advocate. You need to you need to educate yourself on your condition and needs, and you need to be able to have a confident articulate conversation with your caregivers because even if they've been your caregivers have been in the spinal cord injury caregiving arena there are things that they don't know that you need and they may order the wrong size Mm -hmm. and if you don't say something or if you don't allude to what why you're a little different than that then you're going to wind up with something that uh, is a waste of your time and their time and certainly a waste of a product. That's the first and foremost. You need to be smart enough about your particular needs and you need to be able to speak about it. So it sounds like in managing your healthcare at the VA, and this is probably true for even outside the VA, is you have to be an advocate. And you talked a little bit about this. It's, you know, being educated and knowing what you need. Is there anything else that you'd add to that? So that's, that's phase one. Mm-hmm. And there will be times that I have run into areas where even with the best presentation or how articulate, the best conversation I'm having, I'm still getting the answer no or no. So then I need, I need a service officer or a, a, a social worker, mm-hmm. whatever that title is to be able to have a little bit more weight behind to have that conversation with, you know, that's what the chief of SEI is for. If, you, yeah. if your therapist is convinced that you don't need it, but you know, but you feel that you're not getting a fair shake, then you need to have somebody advocate for you and you bypass the stumbling block and you go to an area where somebody's gonna be able to listen. They're not gonna be closed off completely it's one of the most difficult things that you have to deal with is uh, as somebody that needs equipment or services is when you run into a caregiver that has already made up their mind about you or your needs, whether it's personal or budget constraints. You still, you know, there are times when I have been asked to talk to first and second year therapists. And one of the things that I stress is Regardless of where your job is at, if you know your patient needs something, but you have a manager or you have a you have somebody upstairs that doesn't know the situation and is telling you no, you need to work as hard as you can without getting fired at getting that problem, whatever that need is. Yeah. If you're in a caregiver job and your job is to oversee your patient. They don't know anything. You're the one that knows the options. Mm-hmm. And you need, to, you need to do your best, like I said, without getting in trouble or getting fired, to make sure they get what they need. Yeah. I think this, you know, so this is super helpful because I think one of the, we talk a lot with um, patients on how do you be, become your own advocate, how do you tackle some of those stumbling blocks. When you think of, our listeners, and let's just assume they're they're vets like yourself. 
What's the big takeaway for veterans when tackling their health care needs at VAs? I think it has to do with uh, your history and your attitude. If you have a history of complaining or never being satisfied or something that's not just right, then there's not too many people that are going to want to try and work with you. It's a give and take relationship. And that's one of the benefits that I have with my caregiving team is that they know me. I don't have to spend every visit trying to establish myself as somebody that's there to, to, to work with them on my behalf. Mm-hmm. They, they know that I'm not going to be screaming and hollering at, yeah. at them at the, at, the, at the slightest moment of something that I, you know, some discomfort or, or I may have a wrong impression about it and I'm not blaming people around me. But you have to approach it with the team uh, that is there for you, and you need to help them understand what you need. I appreciate that. I think you know it's, it's a great way to end the conversation because I think we've talked before about when you had your injury, and you know you got two options: either almost bury your head in the sand, or say, "How can I fix this and just find a solution." And I think that has to do with your attitude, right? So that's that's a big part of it. Yeah. You need to be able to trust the people that are trying to help you, that yeah. they, they have your best interest at heart, because that's it. There's nobody else going to be doing it. No. You have to trust that person, and you have to work with that person that wants to help. And you have to show progress. If I'm a patient or I'm, if I'm a person that has to be convinced that whatever's being presented to me is the right thing for me or or this could maybe help let's give it a try and if i'm closed-minded and i'm i'm just nobody wants to work with them no if you're showing progress and you haven't turned stale or have a bad attitude or or you're just plain grumpy all the time nobody wants to be around that especially yourself that's why you're grumpy (laughs) this is very true common sense from todd camry i like it Thank you. Well, thank you for the conversation and looking forward to our next chat. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us slash professional.